This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. In this edition, of course, we will be talking about Tottenham Hotspur and everything to do with the club. And we will also be previewing the Burnley game, which of course takes place on Friday evening at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, 8pm kickoff in the FA Cup third round. It is now almost 33 years since Spurs last lifted the FA Cup. An incredible stat. It is now almost 16 years since we lifted our last trophy. And, of course, that was the League Cup against Chelsea. Um, so I, for one, am hoping that we really do go for it this year and uh, perhaps lift the FA Cup because it has been so long. Um, we are live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook and live on X. So please do get involved. Give us your thoughts and comments, and we will put as many of them on the screen as possible. And towards the end of the show, we will also be taking a number of viewer questions and answering them. Um, as per usual, I've got three very special guests with me. I'm absolutely delighted to bring back actor Andy Linden. Andy, it's been a while. Happy New Year. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm quite peaky, actually. Um, uh, and um, You know what we're Tottenham doing? Where are we going? Right. I dare say it's the manager. So, yeah, I'm loving the uh, Rose Garden that is Tottenham Hotspur. You live, you're loving Big Andrew instead, that's what you mean? Well, uh, yeah, I, I like what we're doing at the moment, um, even though it is high risk, and it is high risk. Um, it, um, I mean, we got rid of the Antichrist um, of football in, in Conti, um, which, um, well, the Linda Blair of football, for those of you that are old enough to remember. And I don't know about play, players Levy was going to get, but uh, I think if we'd have kept Conti for another season, I think Daniel Levy would have had to bring in a priest to exercise him. We don't talk about any of these managers anymore, Andy. We've moved no. on. And Ange Postacoglu has changed everything to Spurs in this last six months. And that's what we're here for. And that's why we're all smiling at the moment. Um, also back with us is channel regular Craig Dearman. Craig, Happy New Year. How are you? 
Yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. It must have been Chris, you did sound a bit rough on one of your videos earlier. I thought you really did sound ropey, but uh, hopefully you're feeling all right. Um, and we know the darts is on later, so stick with us. Um, have it on your phone, watch the darts in the background, because uh, there's a lot to talk about at the moment. Yeah, I won't lie, Craig. I am feeling pretty ropey. have felt pretty ropey for the last few days. But, of course, we're here to talk about Spurs. So I'm going to let you three do most of the talking this evening. Um, back with us, of course, is channel regular Melvin, all the way from Malta. Melvin, how are you? Happy New Year. I'm good. I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to all um, the listeners and, and you guys. Um, you know, I'm, I'm at the end of, of my illness, I just came out of it. So I feel your pain and your struggle. But the last few days... Were, were hard for me as well. But yeah, yeah, Spurs have been, you know, very, very, they've been brilliant this season and, and I'm delighted and I'm excited to see what 2024 is going to offer, what Postacoglu is going to do with this team, what the, what the recruitment are going to do with this team. And, and it's just, it's just gr green shoots all around, you know, it's, it's exciting times and, and uh, from all aspects of the football club, from I think from every side, things are positive, and uh, and 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 you could tell because the atmosphere at the stadium and the fans are booming right now, and I haven't seen something like this you know in a while, and um, and yeah, and and I don't think there are many negatives really to discuss other than minor things, but but yeah, it's brilliant at the moment. So yeah, delighted, and I'm sure we're gonna go through many things and maybe we get you know a here we go from romano in the next couple of days maybe on during the pod you never know with spares but you know one of those signings that come out of nowhere but probably will take a few few more days yeah i don't think we're here for negativity this evening melvin certainly not um and as i said you know this uh, this football club has been transformed under Ange Postacoglu this last six months and all of us are smiling. So it's, it's a good place to be right now. Um, lots have happened this past few days. Um, of course, it is day three of the January transfer window, 28 days to go. It's going to be a long 28 days uh, because, of course, there is so much speculation at the moment. The latest <clears> from Fabrizio Romano concerning um, some of the main links that we have. Radu Dragusin, um, Fabrizio Romano stated that the deal is progressing well. Conversations are very positive. No official bid as yet, uh, just a verbal one. A good chance for Spurs to buy him in the next couple of days. Apparently, uh, Genoa at the moment want 30 million euros. Spurs are offering 23 million euros. Napoli also interested. Fabrizio Romano has also stated that John Clear Debo. Nice were not open to selling the defender in the January transfer window. That's why that deal seems to be dead right now. Um, on Conor Gallagher, no conversations or negotiations between Tottenham and Chelsea. Uh, but Ange Postacoglu is a huge fan of the player. It's likely he will be sold in the summer and not in the January transfer window. Um, other reports recently, Spurs are interested in Sunderland's Dan Neal, the 22-year-old central midfielder. Spurs are also watching Norwich City striker Jonathan Rowe. He scored 10 times in 24 appearances in the Championship this season. Um, Jota, it's been reported that Spurs are not pushing to sign him despite the reports. And Spurs and Liverpool also interested in co-attacker, uh, the Borussia mentioned Gladbach centre-back, and wanted him at Celtic and Spurs scouts have been seen watching him in recent uh, weeks. Um, but it is likely he will be sold in the summer window and not the January window. Um, Andy, let's come to you. On the January transfer window, of course, we are only three days in. 
What are you expecting? And what do you think Ange Postacoglu is expecting in this January window? Because Ange has come out and said that, you know, don't expect anything magical to happen. But when you look back at that window that we had in the summer, that was probably one of the best windows, if not the best window in the Premier League era that I can remember because of the transformation of the football club. To, to get Spurs onto that next level and really help Ange, what do you think he's asking for right now? Well, as we all know, um, we are threadbare at the moment regarding centre-halves. Um, our two major ones, are, uh, as we all know, are injured. Um, when I looked at it earlier on, I thought, well, maybe look, we might get one in, two tops, and we may get somebody in on loan. Um, I'd like, personally, I'd like to see, yes, centre-half, uh, Slightly worried, I thought maybe um, Phillips, um, who I sort of watched during the under-21s, guys, and um, I just think the boy's got a bit of potential. He's got pace, which is um, a requirement, certainly for um, Postacoglu's um, system. He hasn't got bad feet. Um, maybe... Uh, Postacoglu, the manager thinks he's not quite ready yet. Same with Dorrington. Dorrington's got a good. I don't. I don't mean to bore you, but uh, watch him. Down the twenty ones. Um, maybe his physicality needs to be built up a bit more. But the last distribution is better than Royals, in my opinion, and um, Davis. So they're both doing great jobs. So first and foremost, yes, uh, I, I think the world on his horse know that we need a centre-half. Um, what else is required? Um, Gallagher, good player. Um, he can <coughs> cover ground. He can nick a player's pocket. Uh, if he's played forward slightly, he can nick you a goal, as he did with Palace. My one doubt there is, would Gallagher, assuming it was to happen, Hinder Shah's uh, um, development. That's, that's my one call. Maybe it wouldn't. Um, uh, what else would we need? Um, I've heard that we're looking at uh, wide men as well. Now, I, I uh, there's so many of them around, I can't even name one at the moment, but we, we could be looking at that. Regarding the uh, summer um, transfers, yeah, I was very pleased with Van Der Madison was bought for a song. Um, I personally, I think we should have bought him up in Norwich for about 19 million. But look, we've got him now, um, and he is what we need. We need someone not just with vision that can drive through the lines, and we've lacked that for so long. Well, the good news is it's also been reported that uh, Mickey van der Ven and James Madison are very close to returning to the first team. Um, you know, one of them, van der Ven, may even feature um, in the Burnley game um, this coming Friday in the FA Cup. That would be a massive boost for, for Spurs and Ange Postacoglu. And James Madison is eyeing either the Manchester United or the Brentford game. So that's going to be an interesting one. Um, Craig, let's come to you on the January transfer window because day three, it is day three. Um, and Postacoglu has said a number of times he wants transfers done early. Are you disappointed? 
by day three that we haven't got anyone in, or do you think it's going to happen in the very, very near future? I think to be disappointed after three days, you know, I've seen Twitter or X as it's called now, people, their expectations, you know, they need to temper them a little bit, you know, so saying, why haven't we bought anybody yet? I'm sure well, it, you it, can't it, think it, people's it, done it's, that. It's it's mainly that phrase of just pay the money because, of course, the yeah. Dragutin uh, transfer, Spurs are offering 23, uh, Genoa want 30. And, I, 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 you know, like you, I've seen many people saying just pay the money. Is it as simple as that? I don't I, – I look, I, I've never worked for a football club, but I'm pretty sure in any business deal you don't just go in and pay somebody pretty much what they're asking for. I think you'll struggle to find any transfer – where somebody's just gone in and paid the full amount. It's not how it works. Um, they're going to overvalue the player. We're going to perhaps undervalue the player and you meet somewhere in the middle. That's generally what happens. And in my opinion, you will probably meet somewhere in the 25, 26 region or perhaps, um, well, that will be staggered over a number of years, I would imagine. Um, I don't think we need to hit the panic button yet. Seems like they wanted the... Um, the other fella from Nice whose name escapes, Tadebo, Tadebo. Yeah. Um, that's obviously a non-starter now. But and, and this second choice, if you like, is this Dragusin. Um, <clears throat> I'll be honest, don't know much about him. But as I've said many times on here, if Ange, want, Ange wants him and Ange said that's the one that he wants the club to go for, then that's that's fine by me. So, um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, th I think everybody just needs to be patient. I think most people are patient. I think I think you'll see that deal progress in the next uh, six or seven days, and uh, don't be surprised if he's if he's in and available for the Man U fixture. I think it's quite good that we've got uh, an FA Cup game this week. I don't think there's any immediate rush, but obviously they'll want to get it done when in time for the following weekend. So. Um, mm. I'm, I don't subscribe to this. Just pay the money. There is, you know, there is a. People don't like to hear it, but you know, it is a business, and there are deals to be thrashed out. And, and you know, people say, you know, six, seven million. We all say that as if it's nothing. It's not nothing. Six, seven million is a lot of money, isn't it? That could go towards another player, for example. So, I, I think we'll get this deal done. It's just going to require a little bit of patience. Craig, with the um, Dragusin possible transfer to Tottenham, what have you made of the comments that his agent has come out and said in the last 24 hours? Because uh, Fabrizio Romano and other very reliable journalists have said that um, that personal terms have been agreed with the player and Tottenham Hotspur. And the agent has come out and said, well, actually, he doesn't want to move mid-season. Uh, I think that's his agent probably just stirring the pot a little bit. Um, he wants the best deal for for him, doesn't he? Like any agent, he wants a good deal for his player, but he wants a good deal for him. So he's probably just uh, trying to put the frighteners up, Daniel Levy and Spurs, to, to to pay the money and get the deal done. I don't think it's going to work. From what I've heard, heard about this this agent, he's, he's prone to saying things like that. So it, um, it's just part of the game that he's played during these these transfers. We had the similar thing with Mickey van der Ven. We had, you know, you, you look at any transfer, very, very... Um, infrequently does it just go smoothly it just doesn't you and, and twitter's the worst for that because we never used to hear anything about that back when i was younger many many years ago you know you you read about it in the daily mirror or or, or the back of the newspaper so so we, a day know, later yeah a day, a day later and i'm pretty sure 
that um, people just make things up a lot of the time. And it just, it's like Chinese whispers, if you're allowed to say that anymore, it's just spreads. And I try and just mute anybody that is um, a non-reliable source, shall we say. Somebody like Fabrizio Romano, when he's putting up a sort of yoga, zen sort of pose, in other words, telling people to calm down, I think he's the one that I'm going to be listening to rather than anybody else, to be fair. Melvin, let's come to you on the transfer window, and I'm assuming you're, you're the uh, you're the only one on this podcast that don't remember the newspapers coming through the door. You, you, you're, you're only used to Twitter and X uh, to look at the transfer <laughs> news. Um, how confident are you that Spurs are going to make real moves in the January window like we did in the summer window? And I want, wanted to ask your opinion as well as a Spurs fan that what do you think is going to be the, the, the real difference under Ange Postecoglou um, to various other managers, Jose Mourinho, Antonio Conte, uh, Maurizio Pochettino, what's going to be different in these transfer windows? Because that was, as I said earlier, a real significant window for the football club and us, you know, moving forward and, uh, you know, Harry Kane going, you know, players like Madison, Vicario, Van der Ven coming in. Um, it was a big step towards this rebuild. Um, I think the the identity of the club is clear. I think the profile of the player is clear. I think we can spot a player now ourselves. You know, we don't need, in a way, we know what's, what mold of player is going to fit into the squad. So you, you look at you look at this player from, from Genoa and you think right away, yeah, he's, he's brilliant. He's fast. He's strong. You know, he's good on the ball. He's young, which is, I think, also quite... A good thing to have in these players that we're bringing in because we want to bring players in that are going to win you the league in a few seasons that are going to be at, in hit their prime when they're in their you know 25 26 and 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 i think all all of the players that we've been linked with yes some of them don't work out but we have even the plan b on, or the third option are very very good signings just like vicario was in the summer just like van der ven was optioned to behind top soba I think the identity and, and the profile of player is very clear compared to other seasons where we bought players where the manager wasn't sure. Or the, we, I think we bought um, Dan Juma and, and Conte wasn't even asked if he wanted him. I think we're totally different club to that moment, even though that happened not so long ago. It's, 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 it's stuff like that. I think the the... The direction of the club, I think, is very, very clear. And we're heading into, we know what we need. We know the profile. We know we need to expand our depth. So to bring in a player, in a way, that's a combination of, of Van der Ven and Romero because he's a massive unit. He's very strong. He's very fast. He reminds me a bit of Virgil van Dijk in a way. Hopefully he's, hopefully he's just as good as him, but he reminds me of him. The, the way he just bullies players off the ball and and I think he would he would do well as pairs hopefully we get it over the line I think Van de Ven was a couple of days before Brentford and he played so I think if we get him a couple of days before Manu and he's registered I think he'll be able to play against United and even though we have players coming back maybe I think Ange has the type of personality that you know he'll still he'll still chuck chuck him in because because you know, it's a sink or swim moment. Like the players fit. He's been playing all season, and uh, he, he's perfect for the system. And, and and yeah, hopefully we get him over the line and 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 continue the season strong because we're not far off 
from from top and and we just have to maintain this good this good run of form and, and keep the victories coming and and we have some tricky fixtures coming up like they all they all are tricky but i think i think if we keep the winning momentum the more players that that come back from the injury list i think the the better we will do Andy, let's come to you. Jonesy writes here: any income, any incomings must have Andrew's backing and improve the squad and depth. Um, of course, Melvin mentioned there um, about Antonio Conte. You know, a couple of signings at Spurs: um, Dan Juma being one of them, Jed Spence being another. He said about Jed Spence being a club signing on on a number of occasions. Do you think that is the real difference that Ange has such, you know, a lot more control? at the football club and, and a lot more say. And of course, we, we also know as well that Fabio Prasci is still involved uh, on a consultancy basis. I know that myself because uh, I actually bumped into him in a corridor a week or so ago. Um, he was actually in the corridor with Daniel Levy and a fan passed and, and said to Daniel Levy, um, you know, please get some some deals done in the January transfer window. And Daniel Levy actually said, we will try our very best. But Fabio was there. Um, I actually met him, said hello to him. Uh, so I know that he is definitely at the football club and, and still working at the, the club um, as a consultant. Um, is is that the fact? Is it the fact that they have given Ange Postacoglu more control and more say as a manager at Tottenham? Uh, yes, I think um, Ange has got uh, more, should we say, self-determination. Yes, that uh, appears quite uh, evident. Um, uh, yes, um uh, yeah, the Spence um, transfer was... Um, I actually thought the lad didn't get much of a chance at Tottenham. Now, I don't know whether um, um, Conte... That it was a very personal thing to him, but uh, yes, it does feel... And actually, um, I, I'm sure Postacoglu has said in interviews that our transfer programme, he will have a say in it, which... Um, it's great for the club. It's great for football. Um, I came out of that, and I'm sure a lot of you guys did, where, well, I'll go back to the Bill Nicholson days. Sorry to start spinning back the years, but um, Nicholson would go out and buy a player because it was him that determined it. And, and you know, I am, well, I'm old school. So, yes, I do believe uh, Ange has got uh, a big say in this. Uh, it isn't just the director of football. His idea is to buy all these players that fit into his system, which I think you've got to be a particular type of player. Um, you've got to have good energy, strong lungs, uh, pace. And, uh, and if you're a defender, you've got a bloody good technique as well. What, what uh, I remember, I was going to say, Andy, what, what I remember, summer of 2019, uh, after the um, Champions League final defeat, um, I was away in Munich. Um, Spurs had that tournament, the Audi Cup that we won, which we get battered for winning. Um, but in one of the press conferences, um, Maurizio Pochettino said to one of the journalists there, no, I'm not the manager, I'm the head coach. That mm -hmm. seemed a quite significant moment um, at that time. When you look back and you mentioned Bill Nicholson there and other managers, do you prefer a manager to come in and actually manage everything? Or do you like it now that the modern game is a head coach and a lot of these decisions 
are by the hierarchy or somebody else. Yeah, look, I, I, you know, things have moved on since 1901, you know, and Vivian Woodward was a lovely fella, by the way. Um, yes, and I accept that, but um, I am a bit of a stick in the mud uh, with tradition. Uh, I do believe a manager has got to have some say in it. You, look, you've only got to look um, uh, across London, look at Chelsea guys, look. Um, they've got a new board came in, they spent untold millions on players. Uh, Potter had, apparently, I, I did read somewhere that Potter had no say in this. So you've thrown, what, untold millions to a squad. And yep. you know, all, managers have got their own, all managers have got their own systems. And what I like the idea, look, Boston uh, Gold Blue knows what he wants. He knows what is required. So it's great that the manager has some form of self-determination. Andy, of course, it's your first time on the show this season. Um, talk to me about how how different it is for you as a Spurs fan going to watch Tottenham now. Because you know, talk talk me through the difference of watching us under Antonio Conte last season to watching Poster Coglu now. The mood. Yeah, it's um, well. There's a lot of people around me as well. Uh, I know, and and um, we've all stopped yawning. Um, you know, um, he's given us, I'm sure this has been said time and again on the podcast, but it feels like we're a club reborn. Um, he has given us that feel good factor. Uh, we it's high risk, I think we play probably the highest line in the Premier, in the Premier League. Uh, and there are times recently where we, I don't mean to be negative here, and please don't, uh, or disparaging, but, um, you know, the Bournemouth game, for example, uh, great to watch. We dug in, fought, got the points, big, big three points, but we rode our luck, guys, uh, and we did the same against Everton. We got found out at Right, fine. Admittedly, we haven't got, um, you know, we, we, we haven't got uh, our back forward. We, uh, we've got two, two full-backs who are doing great at centre-halves. Problem there with those two is they can't play out from the back. And w when you saw Bournemouth pressing us, we couldn't handle it at the best of time. Great. Um, they're a good side, Bournemouth. Uh, it isn't just them uh, being the form team in the league, their movement, I thought, was so intelligent. The way they used the flanks, the way they pressed us. Same to a degree was Everton. We, we, we couldn't play out from the back. You must have noticed during the Bournemouth game, uh, Vicario was hitting long balls. When, when have you seen him doing that? Yeah. Um, but look, it, it, once we get, I think, um, DVD back, um, uh, Band of M back, uh, and uh, Romero as well. Once we get that partnership again, uh, get Madison back, they start getting some shape again. I, I think, uh, as Melman says, yeah, we could go, you know, we, we could march on. I do think we could become title contenders possibly next season when we start developing this squad. 
God, Andy, it, it must be exciting for you to say something like that. I tell yeah. you what, us playing four fullbacks at the back, and we are one point behind this yeah. year's title contenders, Arsenal. It's crazy. Look, um, it really is because look, um, when he came, when he arrived, I wasn't cynical or anything. I just wasn't expecting too much, guys. I don't know. Um, um, like the last few guys. Uh, Melvin and Craig and what they think but um, when he came I, I just thought well look if we make steady progress that'll do as long as we can finish above eight maybe I owe tie eight um, yeah. but to be where we are with the plague of injuries and suspensions uh, which kind of slightly worry me um, because we, 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 we do pick up so many um but we, we aren't, we seem to be going through, we seem to be um, coping. And as I say, I think, um, whisper it quietly, but I do think that next season we get one or two more and one or two of these kids can develop as well. We too could be like Arsenal, you know, uh, uh, genuinely going with a title, but without a whining manager. Yeah. Craig, let's come to you. Um, of course, it was announced in the past couple of days that Papa Matasara signed a new contract with the club that will run until 2030. Uh, the player came out and said it's a great feeling being part of things at Tottenham, which has now become like a family to me now. This is huge news for the football club, isn't it? It, re it really shows that we are planning not only for this season, but for the future under Ange. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really pleased he got his contract and well-deserved. Um you know, young players tying them down to long contracts, Destiny Doggy, Pat Matasar. That's what you want to see. You want to see the bulk of their 20s spent at Tottenham and then obviously where they are when they're approaching 30, then you've got the option to extend, haven't you? I think both of those. So so it's really good to see. Um, and, and this, you know, he's had one transfer window. I know we're in the second one now. But it's going to take a while to build this squad. But what amazes me, just thinking about something Andy said there, about improving. And I think that's that's key. All, all I had was in my mind when Ange took over, after our podcast with Ali in June of this year, telling us what we can expect from Ange, I thought I started to get a little bit excited, thinking, you know, as long as the football improves, as long as our position improves, and we can have a, a clear <clears throat> style of play. We can see what's happening. We can see what direction the club's going in. Um, I would have been happy. And now I find myself, you know, trying to uh, trying to just temper my own expectations because you can see a plan. You can see how we want to play, what Ange wants to do, the type of players Ange wants. And it is very exciting. Um, I've got my feet on the ground. I don't think we're going to win the Premier League this season or anything like that. But to see the improvements and strides we've made under Ange and how he has obviously improved players and trained players and freed players. It's just brilliant to see. I mean, I, I'm I'm 50 years young now and I remember the teams of the 80s, the, the, the cup teams, um, the, the style of football we played back then. And in, you know, the, the 90s weren't brilliant, let's be honest. But there's been... There's been certain managers we've had that's kind of brought that excitement back. Harry Redknapp, obviously Potch, and now Ange. And we've, you know, speckled in between a not-so-good period. So it just goes to prove for me that Spurs have always been a club 
like we that have played how we want to see play you know uh, to dare is to do all that i know it's cliche but it, it's it's the fast attacking exciting football and that's when we've had relative success i know we haven't won anything but we've certainly looked nearer winning something when we've played that type of football and i think if we give hands the time let him do his thing if daniel backs him which it seems to be the case that they are backing him as you said the the, the last transfer window was sensational after the fans forum when daniel levy came out and said we have basically have got certain things wrong and you'd like to think they've learned from those mistakes um then we're all going in the right direction as they like to say and you know what's not to like but we've got to have patience we've got to give the man time and i for one am absolutely loving spurs football at the moment and i actually look forward to watching games where i wasn't under conte and Mourinho. i, I was dreading almost watching games it, i wasn't entertained football's an entertainment business and and the, you can see the fans you it's edge your seat stuff now on to, uh, for most of the game which is brilliant so yeah i'm i'm, I'm fully in the Ange camp and and what the club are trying to do at the moment so so long long may it continue and, and the improvements keep progressing Melbourne, let's come to you. After 10 games in the Premier League when we were unbeaten, I remember receiving WhatsApp messages from you saying, Chris, we're going to win the title. And I said, Melvin, calm down. And you went, no, we're going to win the title. We are going to win the Premier League, right? Now, when you look at the Premier League table, you know, I'm trying to uh, stay calm. Craig has already said we're not going to win the Premier League. He's staying calm. And he's liking the football under Ange at the moment. I know you are, Melvin. But when you look at the Premier League table and how teams have performed or teams that are used to performing really well but aren't performing really well this season. And we're now only six points away from top Liverpool uh, leaders at the moment and, and they've only lost one game. Um, and that was against Spurs at the Tottenham Stadium. But when you look at other clubs, Manchester City, Arsenal, etc., when we get all of our players back over the next month or so, the business end of the season when Spurs need to keep winning, do you think Spurs are in a title race this season? Yes. Because I know you did. I know you did. Yeah. But do you believe that we are in a title, title race now? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I, I do think we're in a title race. I think from the first 10 games, we picked up 26 points. I think someone pointed it out in the comments. And in the, in the when we got the injuries, we got 13 out of 10. And I just think if we go back to that, and even... When we spoke to Andy, the, the Celtic fan, he said it will take six to seven months until the post system really, really beds in and the players start to perform. Yes, we had some injuries so and some players missed out on, on that playing time. But I really think we're going to start playing better, 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 better. And, and it's going to get escalate the more people recover from the injuries. I, I think it also helps that we don't have European football. We play, we play. I think four of the big six. I think at the end of the season. I think they there's there's this fixtures where we play. I think City, Arsenal, Liverpool, some something like that. Four massive clubs we play in a row, and that's at the end, closer to the end of the season. So, if we have mostly a fit squad and and we have all of our players fit and we have choices between all the defenders, Madison, Kulusevski, uh, um, Solomon, you know, Son is back from 
and Richarlison hopefully stays fit and keeps scoring. You know, we don't know what Richarlison is going to do this season. You know, he scored five out of five. Los Celso is playing really, really well. So, and I think we have two of the best left backs in the league. Vicario probably is one of the best keepers in the Premier League. I really think the rebuild Paratici has done is, I think that man, you know, should really get a round of applause because when he came in, he bought players for the now, but he always also bought players for the future. You know, he wasn't always buying ready-made players. You know, he had a vision that he wanted to create a team that would win the league because that's what he used to do at Juventus. He used to build these teams that used to compete in Europe and win the league. They won the league a ridiculous amount of times in a row. Paratici knows how to win. He knows what it takes. Conte was brought in, yes, because he was his mate and he was available. Tottenham fans wanted him and Levy, in a way, caved under pressure because he saw this big name. Probably Harry wanted Conte. But now it's a clean slate. We're under Postacoglu. By the way, a manager that I'm absolutely obsessed with now. Chris, you know, I always back the manager, but I think Postacoglu is just he's just different. He just he knows he knows how to win as well. And he reminds me a lot of Alex Ferguson, Postacoglu. He's it's he's like your your um like like your headmaster at school, but a headmaster that you respect, not a headmaster that you hate. But it's that kind of guy. He's 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 a type of manager where you listen to him and you're afraid of him, but you want to do your absolute best for the manager, and and you listen to him and 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 the way he motivates. It's it's I I heard somewhere someone say like the difference between Arteta and Postacoglu is like Arteta tries to get the best out of their players, but when it goes wrong. He doesn't. He doesn't know how to really get the best out of them. But Postogoglos, it when it went wrong for us, it seems that other players stepped up. Kulusevski stepped up. Ben Davis stepped up, and I just think now we lost. We lost Son, Sar, and Besuma. Two two very very key players. I just think now Bentancur is going to step up. Kulusevski had a had a small rest with his suspension. I just think other players are going to step up. I think Emerson Royal had a really, really good game, even though he had a shaky one with with um, with Brighton. I think he improved. I think over time the team is going to keep keep improving. And if we add the players that we were being linked with to the squad, I just think the title charges on. I don't think all the other clubs are are fully there. I think. I think we, we can put pressure. If we're there by the end of the season and there's the, those last four or five games and we, and, and, and it, it could be in our hands where we say, if we win them, we win the league and every single match will become a cup final. And there's City and Arsenal, two home games in a row. Imagine if we get six points out of them at the end of the season, two massive clubs and we're around them. It's the, the atmosphere is going to be booming. The games are going to be absolutely so exciting for the Spurs fan. I went to the Liverpool game, which we won, and I've never seen the stadium like that. Never. Never. I've, I've been to White Hart Lane, the old White Hart Lane, probably not as much as I liked, but it makes me feel under Postogoglu how I felt the football we played under Harry Redknapp. It's like that type of excitement and that type, that's the football I kind of 
fell in love with. I'm probably showing my age. I just turned 30, but I don't remember the old the old days, but I remember the football under Harry. And it just Brendan Johnson reminds me of Aaron Lennon. It's like that type of that type of team that we have. And it just I just count the days until the next match. I, I'm so excited and and hopefully now there's the FA Cup in the mix. You know, we're gonna have people coming back from injury. So the FA Cup is important, so people play. And I think I think like players like Solomon eventually oh, we have to win against Burnley. I know you're gonna get to it, Chris, but I really, really yeah. hope we, we, we beat Burnley and, and, and get that over the line. So we have we have more games to keep the players on the bench fresh, you know, and even give the kids the kids a chance. There's so many there's so much excitement around the kids. And you and you read things about uh, about them, and, and you hear the score, and 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 Chris, you go to the games, but there's excitement around these kids, and they need a chance to play. I remember when Aaron Lennon broke through, and when 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 all of, the, and even when Harry broke through, and Ryan Mason, and but they need and Winks, and but they need their chance, and I think the FA Cup could be a, could be a good chance to to bring them in, you know, give them. 30, 40 minutes or start one of them. And and I'm excited to see what Postacoglu is going to do for that because some players need need a rest as well. Some players need to keep up their fitness like Benton Core. And, and, and maybe he'll switch one or two. But but yeah, it's exciting times. And, and yeah, I think we're in the title race. To answer your question again, I think we're in the title race. Hopefully we don't get any weird injuries or, or suspensions and, and, and keep that negative side of... of of the of, of the start of the season, if we had, I honestly think if the Chelsea game, that mad, that crazy 20, 30 minutes didn't happen, I think we'd we'd be first or second at the moment because we, we missed so many games, so many games where we we could have won, we could have easily won, the game could have went our way, but it just it's madness and and the way we play, it's it's Postogoglu I think gets them so hyped up. Maybe it's it's maybe we came undone that game, but yeah, uh, it's exciting times. It's exciting times, I, and honestly, I'd probably say this, and and you might laugh, but Spurs will win the league within the next two to three, four years for sure. I will say that with confidence. I think, I think we're building something special, and 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 usually when we go for these players like like uh, Radu. Chelsea will come up out of nowhere, pay the money and take him off us in the last second. Or Arsenal will do that. Now we're competing with with, with Napoli, with AC Milan, with Inter, and we're taking their players because Spurs are a big club. And we're a, financially, we're bigger than these clubs. Usually, usually these players don't come to Spurs. Usually these players like Vicario stay in Italy and play in Italy. They, it's, it's changed so much on, in the last 15 years. I mean, Serie A, obviously, the Premier League is very, very big now, which obviously affects that. But how many players, of, of, uh, I think eight or nine players we bought from Serie A, if you count them all. But, but yeah, I think Paratici, again, he's, 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 he's not cooking. He's doing a, a, a slow, a slow, a slow cook. It's, it's, he's roasting, he's roasting something slowly. Over eight or nine hours, it's just, he's he's cooking. It's simmering slowly, and and the more flavor you add to it, the, it, the better it's gonna get. Andy, let's come to you. Al Ben writes on the screen now. If Spurs could win three out of the next four, 
then everyone uh, back for the final push. Um, if you are still with us and you haven't fainted by Melvin saying we're going to win the Premier League in the next couple of seasons, how are you feeling about that statement? Yeah, I, I admire uh, Melvin's confidence, really. Um, maybe. Do you agree? I, 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 I can't, as I said, I mean, I can't disagree with Melvin, but for me, it, we're not going to do it this season. I just feel that we need to build the squad a bit more depth and then we could be serious challenges. Um, look, I don't mean to be negative. It's because I've been a Tottenham fan for about 500 years. Um, hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You know, uh, I remember turning up at White Hart Lane when it was all filled. You know, we weren't very good then, but... Um... Uh, yeah, I, I, I am a little bit circumspect. I agree with Melvin, though, and, and Craig, that we are, as I said earlier on, we are a club reborn. We, it feels like we've got the right manager, as Craig was saying, and all, whereas we've had Potch, Redknapp, Inch, we say the last 10, 12 years, we've had little moments there, and we seem to have it with this fellow I suppose it, it's um I'm scared uh, that probably does make sense to you but uh I'm not diffident but I'm just skeptical that this is Tottenham we're talking about uh you know and somewhere down the line or around the corner something blows up in our faces so I'm really hoping that don't happen we're going along at the moment. Um, how we're dealing with these injuries is bloody miraculous. You know, we, we, as I think with Melvin that said it, we've got something like 10 players missing. Um, who could cope with that? Liverpool? <laughs> Arsenal? Look, he's screaming up already. Um, a good manager, Arteta, but he whines like a little Mary. Um, the thing, the thing is though, Andy, when when Ange Postecoglou is taking all the credit, which a lot of us is giving him, mm -hmm. um, he he rightly said in a press conference the other day, you know, full credit to this set of players because a lot of them are stepping up. Even Lacelso, I am not Lacelso's biggest fan by any means. These last couple of games that he's played, he's really stepping up. He, sh he he wants to show that he wants to be at the football club. His performances are really showing he wants to be there and he wants to, you know have a future at the football club. And, you know, when, when we've spoken about the likes of Emerson and Ben Davis, you know, Ben Davis has been absolutely brilliant under Ange. Yeah, look, um, I, I think what comes into play, uh, he is a very good coach. He's also, 
it 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 seems it appears that he's um he's obviously got good man management skills as well. Um, uh, they all want to do a job for him and for themselves and for the club. Uh, yes, uh, uh, like like yourself. Look, I I, I you know um, myself. So he's always struggled uh, with, a, in my opinion, with the physicality and the pace of the Premiership. But, um, you, you know, uh, I thought he had a great second half against Bournemouth. Um, but his best games, I, I don't know if you guys have noticed over the seasons, his best games have been in Europe, where the the play isn't as intense as it is in the Premiership. But you are right. It seems as though he's adjusting. He wants to play. He wants to be part of the club. And uh, long may it last, because I think we're going to need him. And um, we've got Benton Kerr coming back, but how long is it going to take him to be get to become sort of well, hundred percent pure match fit? It could take three or four days. Name is Madison, you know, when he's back, and we're all cheering. He may not be hundred percent fit. He too might need what an hour as Benton Kerr got um, uh, against Bournemouth. You know, it's going to take time. Same with Van der Ven. Um, so, yes, I want the self show. Regarding the FA Cup, as Melbourne was saying, it would be nice to see maybe Phillips or one or two others if we're doing well against um, I'm, I'm really hoping that Burnley play a, um, well, a second string. They've got serious problems at the other end of the table. So I'm just surmising that they will, you know, fill the weaker team. Perhaps if we're tuning up, if we are, that we can bring on one or two your Donnellys and your, your Phillipses and just see how they get on. We will come on to the Burnley game very, very soon. Um, in in other news today, uh, sorry, in other news this week, Sergio Reguilon has returned from Manchester United. It was meant to be a season loan, but they activated a clause to send him back in the January window. Lazio are interested, Borussia Dortmund are interested, as are Premier League side Bournemouth. Um, the club announced today that Eve Basuma has been called up to the Mali squad for the um, Africa Cup of Nations tournament. Sarah's now flown off, having had the OK after being assessed. Um, Sonny has now flown off to the Asian Games, so wishing all of them three the very best in their respective competitions. And uh, before we do move on to the Burnley game, just wanted to get your thoughts on Hugo Lloris' departure. Of course, he said his farewell on Sunday at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at half-time against Bournemouth. He said, I will always be a Spurs fan. Um, very quickly, Craig, um, your best memory of Hugo Lloris, are you surprised that he went in this January window and, and not the end of the season? Um, <clears throat> the fact he's gone now, I, I don't think it's neither here nor there. He was quite clearly not going to get back into Angie's plans, but sounds like he's been very professional throughout. And to be honest, I've loved Hugo Lloris. I think he's been an incredible goalkeeper, one of the best I've ever seen play for the club. The mem best memory for me, well, there's a few, the penalty save against Arsenal, um, Bamigang, uh, Wembley, but that save... Was it a Dortmund where he kind of rolled across the line? I still don't know how it didn't and how it didn't go in. I don't know how he kept that ball out. I don't know. So I think it was by Leverkusen away. By Leverkusen, that was it. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. But I think he's just been 
an awesome goalkeeper, consummate professional. I'd, it's just a shame they didn't give him a few minutes at, at worst in the um, Shakhtar Donetsk game in the friendly. I thought they could have done that, but and it's just a shame we never got to to see him play again. But it's what it is. He goes certainly with fond fond memories from me. Phenomenal uh, player for Spurs. It'll always be a a legend and welcome back at the club. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I must admit, I'm so glad that he actually got that proper official send-off because yeah. when when some players do move off in uh, in summer windows, of course, they don't get the opportunity. And I think that Hugo Lloris certainly deserved that. Melvin, very quickly on Hugo Lloris. Yeah, he's brilliant. World Cup winner, you know. Um, he served us for so long and we never had to worry about a goalkeeper for many, many years. And um, yeah, he was when, when he came to us, I couldn't believe that we signed him. My brother was telling me about him. He says, oh, he has Champions League experience. And when he came to us, we weren't a regular Champions League club. And uh, yeah, and, and under him, and, and under, the, under the 10 years, we, we were regularly in Europe, you know, Champions League mostly, then Europa League, Conference League. And uh, and yeah, he's been, he's been brilliant, brilliant captain. And... Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good send-off and probably my best memory is, uh, I think, the the penalty save he did versus City in the Champions League. Um, and Andy? Yeah. Um, a great servant to the club, uh, Lorish. Um, an excellent sh um, shot stopper. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I give him that. Um, and uh, well, well, he was for what, um, what was it, 11, 11 seasons? Um, so yes, I mean, uh, Lloris will go down as a club legend, uh, you know. uh, and um, I think he'll always be highly thought of. Um, I'm a little bit biased on Pat Jennings, me, but um, I mean, he for me, he, he, he was our best ever keeper, yeah, in it, you know, in my opinion and in my time, but uh. I'm just sounding like an old fart, but uh, yeah, he, he was. Um, but Loris was a great servant to the club, and I, I think uh, this generation and um, maybe the last one will always remember him. Last question for you all before we move on to the Burnley preview. Um, of course, Christian Romero is out, Madison is out uh, for the time being, and Hunmin Son just going off to the Asian Cup. Andy, let's start with you. Who is Ange Postacoglu going to choose as Spurs captain for this Burnley game? Um, oh, I'll uh, stab in the dark. Uh, Davis? If he, That's if who he I think, captain. yeah. Because um, you know, I think he's been captain for Wales. Uh, and uh, I have noticed recently in games, um, I, I, you know... I don't know if you all noticed it, but um, on the field, you see him sort of remonstrating and barking a few orders here and there. And yep. to me, that's um, that's captain qualities, you know. Um, uh, well, look, I'm a gambling man. It'd be my bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Craig, would you agree? Because I, I also noticed what Andy said there, um, the Bournemouth game, I also noticed Ben Davis taking that leadership role on the pitch. And, of course, as Andy has also said, um, you know, Captain Wales as well. Um, and I think he's been a real 
standout performer in this Spurs team. Whenever he's been called upon under Postecoglou, he's certainly performed this season, hasn't he? And, and, and it's fair to say that he's had a lot of criticism from Tottenham fans in recent seasons. Yeah, absolutely. As I've said on here before, I thought he's been phenomenal since he's come in for Van der Ven. Rarely puts a foot wrong, seven, eight out of ten, then every week. Um, doesn't get half the, the kudos he deserves, in my opinion. And for me, he's, he's, he's the sensible choice to be um, captain during this period. Um, and for me, I don't, I don't think you can look at anybody else realistically. He, he's Wales captain, so he's, he's, he's got to... He, there, yeah, there's no, there's nobody else. Somebody, some people said Vicario. It's a shout, but for me, I think, I think Davis is the, um, is the option. You could argue Hoybier, but it looks like he's going to be on his way out. I don't think that would sit right for me. Davis, hundred percent. Yeah, there used to be a number of Spurs fans criticising the fact that Hugo Lloris, as a goalkeeper, was our captain. Do you, do you think yeah. that? It's good to have a, a captain as a goalkeeper, Greg. I've always preferred an outfield player. Um, I don't think um, I don't think goalkeeper uh, quite works as well. Um, I prefer a centre back, centre midfielder as a captain. Um, obviously, you've got players like Harry Kane as a striker that's been captain. But if you're talking about leading and and um, telling people what to do all over the pitch. When I used to play, it always used to be a centre-back. They mm. tended to be the mouthiest on the pitch anyway. Uh, so they would be the ones that would be the most vocal and uh, the ones you'd listen to. So for me, a centre-back, centre-midfielder, as I say, Ben, ben Davis is the one for me. Can't, can't pass him for anybody else. There's a few of the viewers at the moment saying Rodrigo Bentoncourt, which I think is a great shout as well. Melvin, who would you choose if it was you and who do you think Ange will choose? I would choose Ben Davis, and I have another question for everyone. Who do you think our penalty taker is going to be now that Son is leaving? If we get a penalty, I think Richarlison will probably grab the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'll give it to Ben Davis. I think Ben he's 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 improved year after year. I think every single manager picks him. Jose picked him. Nuno picked him. Conte picked him. And, and now Postacoglu, and and I think at centre back, he's not quick enough to be to be to be a left back. But I think in centre back, it fits his style of play. I think he's very intelligent. He can. He he. I think if he bulks up, he's still quite young for a centre back. I mean, he's thirty one, I believe. You can, if you look at Thiago Silva, who's thirty nine. You know, he, he can still play. For, for a good couple more seasons. Plus, he's the perfect, in a way, cover to have because he doesn't complain when, when he stays on the bench. He's not pushing the manager or, 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 or creating any any bad bad atmosphere in the background. I mean, he's happy to stay on the bench. He's happy to come. He knows it's going to be a long season and, and he comes in and does his bit. And unlike other players, I feel that he can he cannot play for three, four games, come in, play well, and then and then be substituted and, and be put back on the bench the next game. But yeah, I give it to Ben Davis. He's the longest serving player I think we have currently. I think he's been there. Um I think we signed him on their po Pochettino's first season. 
And uh, I remember because I was in Toronto and, and we signed him when, when, when and he was there with the squad in, in Toronto, Canada, and I was there. And I and I remember him from 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 them from there. Um, but yeah, I, I think I don't think you can really give it to anyone else. I don't think he's gonna put Richarlison captain, is he? You, you look at Ben Davis and and you, and you can see a leader and 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 his experience and Welsh international and and yeah. Melvin, so I always. I, I always expect people to know where they were when Lucas Moura scored that third goal, but I don't expect people to realise or, or, or remember where they were when we signed Ben Davis. So fair play. Yeah, because, <laughs> he, he came. He came to my city. He came to my city, and I was there. So they, they played. They played Toronto. They played Toronto FC when they signed Defoe, and I was yeah. there in the stadium. Met Pochettino. Met, met Kane when he was still pretty much a child. But yeah. Yeah, so I, I, remember, I remember that. Right, let's get into the Burnley preview. Of course, Spurs face Burnley on Friday, 8pm kickoff at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in the FA Cup third round. The referee will be Sam Barrett, VAR Darren Bond. Spurs are currently fifth in the Premier League table, 39 points from 20 matches. Burnley are sitting in the relegation zone right now, 19th in the table, 11 points from 20 matches. Um out of those 20 matches, Burnley have only won three games all season. They've drawn two. They've lost 15. Um, in December, they won two Premier League games against Fulham and Sheffield United. They drew against Brighton and then they lost against Aston Villa, Liverpool, Everton and Wolves. Earlier on this season in September, Spurs beat Burnley 5-2 at Turf Moor with a Hunmin Son hat-trick. Um, Andy, let's come to you on this because you alluded to this earlier and it's exactly what I was going to say. How important is this tie for Spurs, how important is this tie for Burnley? Because, of course, Spurs are going for top four or the Premier League title, if you're Melvin, or and and Burnley are trying to fight relegation and trying to stay in the Premier League. Um, how strong do you think Spurs will go in this cup tie? Because, let's face it, Spurs don't play again for nine days, and that's Manchester United away. Burnley don't play for 10 days, Luton at home. How important is it going to be for both clubs? Who is it more important for? Um, well, the obvious answer would be um, us, really. Um, I I think it's really important uh, for a club to win a trophy. I, I really, There was a time, long, long, a long time ago when the world was flat, when we had a real affiliation with the FA Cup. Um, I I actually believe that it would do the club wonders, not just the club, the players, the morale and the supporters if we went on a great cup run. Yeah. If we were, I, I would love another day out at Wembley. I would love to spin back those years uh, uh, you know, seeing the likes of um, Mallory in 67, Perriman in, in, you know, 81, 82, uh, uh, you know, and um, the, I've forgotten who did it in 91, but um, they were great days and the FA Cup meant a lot. Uh, what side do we play overall? I think we've got to go for it, guys. I, I, I really do. Um, how important is it to us? Um, my, my problem with the modern game now is 
everything's geared at the top four because of the revenues. But I'm a traditionalist, you know. I, to me, the FA Cup is really important. We need to win a trophy, guys. One trophy in 20 years. Do you honestly think that's good for a club of our stature? Because um, I don't. Um, Andy, I say this on a regular basis. When you think of all the players that have left our football club in the last 16 years and haven't won a trophy, you know, including the managers, Maurizio Pochettino, Antonio Conte, Jose Mourinho, you're talking Harry Kane, Hugo Lloris now having left, Christian Eriksen, Jan Vertonghen, Toby Alderweireld. You could go on and on and on. You know, the list is absolutely endless. And, and the sad thing um, for some of us is that, you know, most of these players then end up leaving or managers end up leaving and then go on to win a trophy straight after. <laughs> yeah, it feels like we're cursed. But I, I I know I was talking about the kids earlier on, but I, I would like to see us take it serious, seriously, um, build a relatively strong side. And as I say, look, if, if by chance we are comfortably leading, perhaps bring on a Donnelly. Look, um, the Argentinian lad now is injured. Perhaps... Uh, let's do this um, the likes of Phillips or Dorrington or whoever but um, first and foremost I, I think it's important that we you know that we, we give it a real go Burnley I'm merely speculating but as you pointed out Chris they've got problems yeah huge problems guys at the minute and the important thing for them is to stay up um but, uh, yeah, I, I, I would love to see us win it or at least have a real good cup run. Um, the, the problem we had, I think, with, with, with Conte is that all the cup competitions, uh, particularly Europe, we were an embarrassment. And, and under Mourinho as well, I thought we were an embarrassment. We lost to a club whose manager was banged up for five years or, you know, we're... Uh, losing the teams that Aaron Gay Borough could have turned over. Uh, was it Mora? That turned, you know, it was embarrassing. But this time round, I, I want us to, I want um, Ange to take it serious. Take, take, take the FA Cup serious. He's already said he wants to win football matches. Well, it's going to be an interesting one. Because I always say, put your strongest team out, get the job done. Like you said, Andy, be 2-0 up and then put the uh, the youth players on and give other players opportunities. Um, I have chosen a team um, that I would personally go with and I hope that Andy Postacoglu goes with. And it is the strongest possible 11 because, of course, we've got no Saar, no Son, no Pesuma, Madison, Solomon, Sessegnon, Van der Ven, Perisic, Whiteman, uh, Vilez and Romero are all out. Now, Craig, let's come to you. This is the team that I have chosen, that I think that Spurs should field against Burnley on Friday evening. Vicario in goal, and then the back four of Udogi, Davis, Emerson Royale, Poro, and then the midfield three of Lacelso, Benton, Kurt, and Skip. And then the front three of Brennan Johnson, Richarlison, and Dian Kulosevsky. Now, I'm a lover of uh, youth, using the youth system and, uh, of course, giving players opportunities. But when we think back over recent seasons under various different managers, you could go back to the likes of Maurizio Pochettino, the semi-final um, against Chelsea, putting Hunmin Son at left wing back. That was a big shock to all of us when that happened. Uh, Michelle Vaughan played against Manchester United 
in another semi-final at Wembley. That was a big shock. Jose Mourinho put Michelle Vorm in goal, and I'm not getting at Michelle Vorm at all. I'm just saying that it wasn't as strong as possible 11 um, against Norwich. That was just before COVID. Antonio Conte, one springs to mind. The Sheffield United one where we lost 1-0. The likes of Davinson Sanchez played. Is it going to be different under Ange Postacoglu? Because when you think back to earlier on in the season, 10 changes against Fulham in the League Cup. That was a big shock to a lot of us, including you and I, Craig, because when we did speak to Ali, the Celtic fan, uh, who we have a lot of time for on this channel because he's given us a, a great insight to our manager or our head coach, um, he said to us, as has many, many Celtic fans on this channel, said uh, that Ange takes the Cup competition seriously. Do you think that Ange will be putting out the strongest possible eleven, or do you think... And this is no disrespect to some of these players. Do you think the likes of Fraser Forster will play in goal instead of Vicario in goal, which, of course, is our second choice? I hope the team that he puts out is identical to or very similar to the one you put on the screen there, Chris, to be honest. Um, there is no reason to put Forster in goal. Vicario needs to play, in my opinion. We need the strongest 11 out there. And don't forget, um, Mickey van der Ven may, and I do stress may, may even be in the squad tomorrow. Um, uh, sorry, Friday. So we'll yeah. see on that one. But in in a way, the team almost picks itself at the moment, I would say, for the Burnley game. Um, there's not that many choices. I mean, he could really surprise everybody. I don't think he will, by the way, but he could put full string goal. He could play... Ashley Phillips, he, he could put Donnelly up front. But I think he would have heard what the fans have said about the Carabao Cup. Um, he's, I've seen interviews with him when it, when he talks about the FA Cup and what it means. So he he, he gets it and does get it. It surprised me that Fulham game, as we said. Um, we didn't lose it, funnily enough. We went out. We didn't lose it. We went out on penalties. but And we should have had, should have had enough on that pitch to win that game. We just didn't play very well at all. Um, I hope to see a very strong team on that pitch on Friday. Um, I mean, I'll be at the game with the family, so um, hopefully I'll go away happy as as uh, as the rest of us. Um, but yeah, I want to see us give this a real go because I think the FA Cup is there for the taking. You'd like to think Burnley have their minds on other things and perhaps will make yeah. a few changes, but this isn't going to be an easy game. No games are easy. And... Um, you know, we can't take it lightly. But yes, in short, I want to see a strong team, the strongest team, get the game won and then make changes. Actually, another one has just sprung to mind when we left Christian Eriksen on the bench at Colchester and we lost that game. Um, I, I yeah, think I said exactly the yeah. same after that game. If, like, if you're going to take those players or, or, or include these players in the squad, you might as well start them first rather than trying to get the job done late on if we are losing or struggling in the game. But... Um, you know, something else I wanted to say that I do think this, this is going to be the perfect game at the end, perhaps the last 20 minutes, 30 minutes to give the likes of Philip Donnelly and Dorrington game time because I think they deserve it. Um, but I'm fully with Andy on this. You know, if you, you if you tune it up and you're cruising in the game and you feel like you've got the game won, then use these youth players because then you're killing two birds, one stone. You're going through to the fourth round and then plus the youth players are getting the, the time that they need. Melvin, how do you yeah. think Postacoglu will set up on Friday evening? I think there's enough rest time for the Man U game. I think there's eight days. So there's no really no excuse where why we can't play 
you know the, the the best possible squad so so yeah i'm exactly in the same boat as you i think the lineup could be the exact same thing you did maybe brian hill can can play um left wing and kulezevsky can can be in the midfield because i think kulezevsky is plays re- can 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 run as much as papasar and i think losing papasar um you need you need really really strong runners in the midfield and then and you, you could see we the games we lost was because we didn't have sar or besuma running in, in in the midfield so i think kulezevsky could be could be alongside Bentoncourt and Giovanni Lo Celso. I prefer playing that way rather than having um, Skip. I, I, I'm a big fan of Skip, but I just, I'm not seeing the same Skip we saw, you know, in the first season under Nuno. Remember that game he played versus City where he was sliding in, doing tackles and these amazing passes, and we've not seen the same Skip. So... I'd rather play Kulusevski in the middle, and uh, yeah, I just think if we play full full team playing at home, I think playing at home is a big big thing. I think the fans will get behind the team, and uh, yeah, we score one or two early like we usually do, and by halftime we could possibly have the game in control and, and and have everything in control. Usually, usually where we go wrong is where. Like you said, we we rest a couple of players. The team is not the same. Uh, they don't take Burnley seriously. We go half time nil nil. This is where it usually goes wrong. But I don't think we're the same with the same squad. I don't think you look at those games we played, the Colchester and and these 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 games that we we dropped and and, and the team in the in the Conference League which we lost to. I, I we're not the same team. Yeah, there's some similar players but i think we're a completely different team now there's so many new personnel the manager is different i think the mentality is different i don't think we're i think we're losing the sparsity tag i think that that's not being mentioned anymore it's not being associated with us anymore we're more yes we take risks but most of the risks have been paying off and i don't see postokoglu taking the same risk he took when we played Fulham. I think I think one of the interviews he said he didn't sleep that night when we lost that game. Yeah, when it was a narrow loss to Fulham with in, in penalty kicks. And you just think if we played Vicario that game, we he would have done much better in the penalties. So since it's one of those games, we have to play the full squad. And and even even so they so they gel together because we lost two key players now. Bentoncourt is back. We're going to be playing Richarlison, Johnson, and and Kulusevski or or Gill or or whoever. And they need time to play together as as a team because they haven't had that much playing time together. So the Burnley game could be a very positive thing if you play full squad, an easy victory, and we move on to Manu. It's interesting what you said about Ange Postacoglu there not sleeping, Melvin, because I'll tell you what, I, I am the most disappointed when we exit a cup competition, especially when we've made so many changes. Um, Andy, let's come to you. I'm going to read you some stats out here. Tottenham's 142nd third round tie. This will be in the FA Cup. We've progressed 111 times. Tottenham have won five out of their seven FA Cup ties against Burnley in our history. The most recent victory, a third round replay 
uh, in the 2014-2015 season. Burnley have lost 10 of their past 11 matches at Tottenham since a 4-1 win in the League Cup in January 1983. Tottenham have progressed through from um, through from 16 of the 17 FA Cup third round ties, uh, with the exception of when Arsenal beat us 2-0 in January 2014. And Burnley's past six FA Cup ties against Premier League opposition have produced 28 goals, an average of 4.7 goals per game. When I read you those stats out, You've got to feel confident. I, w- I won't get score predictions yet. We'll, we'll save that until the end. But when I read those stats out, you've got to feel a little bit confident, haven't you, that we're going to go through to the fourth round? Um, surprisingly, those stats scare me because... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, You're a real Spurs fan, Andy, aren't you? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, it's like walking across the garden, guys, and putting your foot on a rake. <laughs> uh, and, and giving yourself a nosebleed. Um, yes, We've got a great record against Burnley overall in the FA Cup. And yes, that, that's a very high ratio of victories um, in the third round, uh, which normally we do. And uh, yeah, I'll go along with Melbourne now. Look, if we play a relatively hot, you know, first team, a uh, strong team, yes, we've got every chance. Um, I... I love doing a podcast, and uh, tragically, I'm going to give you a st- store, uh, score after. Only my uh, my friend, my son, and wife are perpetually chat. Look, you've got to be bloody more positive when you go on these podcasts. Um, so, I'm and if we like we we like you as you are. If you if you you just say exactly how it is. That's what we like about guests that come on this podcast. You don't need to be positive. You don't feel like it. You just tell us how you feel. That's that's enough for us. Uh, the reason I say that is, I mean, the last time I was on the podcast, I did say, well, it'll end up nil-nil, and it did. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I think it was yeah. the day after I, I did the London Marathon, and then I oh, flew really? out to Germany. I flew out to Germany. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and I saw a nil-nil draw, and I was I, and I thought of you the whole way home. Thanks oh, a lot. Sure, yeah, <laughs> your nightmares. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Um, Look, yeah, we should, we should win this um, for sure. Um, do I, am I going to give a score now, or do we do this? We we'll do that after. We we'll do that after. Before before we get score predictions from from any of you, um, should Tottenham progress to the fourth round of the FA Cup, um, the fourth round draw will take place on Monday, the eighth of January, approximately seven fifty p.m. ahead of the Manchester United we Wigan game. Uh, and then the fourth round draw, uh, sorry, the fourth round game will take place over the weekend of the 27th, 28th of Jan. Um, interestingly, that Man United Wigan game, Onana, the goalkeeper, will be playing in that game. Most players have gone off to the AFCON uh, competition, but Manchester United want to keep Onana for this game. And interestingly, today it's been announced that they have got permission to keep him for the Spurs game on the 14th of Jan. And then he will fly out. Uh, to play in his country's game, Cameroon, um, the next day, which is really bizarre. And I think this is good news for Spurs because Onana's been in terrible form for Manchester United. So I think that's good for us. Um, But before we get score predictions from the three of you, uh, we're just going to hear from former Burnley striker Andy Payton. Um, He played at Turf Moor between 1998 and 2003. He's kindly given us his thoughts ahead of this FA Cup third round game. 
Hello, good afternoon. Uh, former Burnley striker Andy Burton here. Uh, yeah, I mean, Burnley have done... They've done well this season. I think, you know, they did, they did really well last season, obviously, won the Championship. Um, they've come up to a very strong Premier League. Um, they, they have been struggling, struggling quite a lot, to be honest. They've only won three out of 17, uh, which is not great, but um, he's still in there with a shout. Well, I mean, Foster Coglu obviously did really well up at Celtic, uh, one of my former clubs, um, you know, and, and obviously won championships. But he's come down to, uh, you know, to uh, to Tottenham and, and they've done well. I mean, they started off like an house on fire and, you know, and I, th I think they're, uh, I think they're in the, still within the Champions League places at the moment. I think they're fourth. Um, so, yeah, they're a really good side and it's going to be a massive test for Burnley. FA Cup for Burnley. Uh, I'll be honest with you, throughout my career, I think um, I think when I was at Old City, we got to the fifth round and we got beat uh, by Liverpool in 1989. Liverpool went on to win it, uh, win it that year. But uh, memories at Burnley, we never did really, I think the furthest we got were the fourth round. So not massively um, great memories from... Uh, you know, when I was at Burnley, like I say, we didn't really get that far. But um, it's it's a fantastic cup, and you know, everybody everybody loves the FA Cup. Well, it's going to be a really really tough task for Burnley. Um, if they went down there and got a result, it'd be magnificent. But uh, mm, I think if I'm being realistic, I think you know Tottenham at home. I think they're going to top. Yeah, I think they're going to stop. Uh, you know, take some stopping. So I, I think Tottenham will probably win the game. Right, I'm gonna. I'll go two one Tottenham. So former Burnley striker Andy Payton has gone with a two one Spurs win. Craig, what score prediction are you going with? The last two questions for all of you: your score prediction and where you were and what you were doing, and how your life is different since 1991 when Spurs last lifted this trophy. Uh, I'm gonna go um, three nil Tottenham. And how my life is it? Well, I think Melvin wasn't alive, so that that answer is going to be really easy for Melvin. That says it all. Um, I was, <laughs> I was. Let me think. I was just coming up to my eighteenth birthday. So what was I doing? Um, I think I just got a job, first job. Um, I vividly remember watching it indoors with my granddad, who was a Chelsea fan. Don't hold it against him. Um, and just the, the thing is, the thing is, right? It all it, you, people of the younger generation are, are gonna um, gonna be quite surprised at this because you didn't live through the eighties when we won it in eighty one, eighty two, got to the final in eighty seven. So you you kind of got used to Tottenham being in cup finals and winning stuff, and that's not being blasé about it. But obviously, that team in ninety one, Gaza's free kick in the semi final. Uh, then guys are getting injured in the final, um, and and that whole game, I I just kind of knew we was going to win, even though it wasn't a particularly good season. Um, I think Arsenal, we stopped Arsenal doing the double, so you know it was, it was a pretty poor season apart from that that FA Cup run, a bit akin to the the Champions League uh, final run, to be honest with you. But it, it was obviously I had hair back then as well. That's how my life's changed. That, 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 I had hair last time we won the FA Cup. That's how long ago it was. Um, so, so yeah, it's a long, long time ago. Christ Almighty! I mean, I mean, uh, 
it's, it's incredible how long, it's ridiculous. If you said to me in 91, I'd be sitting here in 2023-24 season and we haven't won it since. And the last trophy we would have won was in 2008. I, I just, it's just unfathomable. Fathomable. So it's long overdue. FA Cup means the, the world to me. Growing up as a kid in the 80s, the FA Cup was on almost all day. You know, they had little games beforehand. It was a massive thing. I miss those days. Three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, the FA Cup. That, that's what it should be. Um, so, but I, I want to see us win it. I want to. I want to be be there and see Sonny lift an FA Cup. Uh, it, it would just be phenomenal. It would just be phenomenal. And then, and then seeing the parade down the high street and ah, oh, just be just be brilliant. So, three 0 Tottenham. Let's hope for an easier draw in the next round as well for once. At home would be nice as well. Perhaps I'm asking too much, but yeah, I think we're going to get over the line on Friday um, and, and hopefully put out a strong team. Now, before we go to Melvin and Andy, um, as I said at the start of the stream, we will be taking some questions. So if you do have a question uh, for one of the panellists um, this evening, please do submit it now and we will get as many on the screen as possible. Um, Melvin, let's come to you. I think that says it all, doesn't it, that you weren't even born the last time we won the FA Cup. Um, when, when you speak to the older generation, um, you know, people that were alive and remember us winning it in 91, it means, you know, the FA Cup means a lot to those people. So some of the gen uh, some of the um, younger generation like yourself, what does the FA Cup mean to you? Does, does is is it an important competition to you? Yeah, it is. It is especially especially now. I think it's been so long, and I think to win a cup this early in Postecoglou's reign, I think would would be huge. I think would would make such a difference. I think would like lift this monkey off our back, but. But it's difficult to say because, in my opinion, we're also in the title race, like I said before. So we're gonna, it's 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 hard to think that we're gonna we're gonna win the FA Cup because my mind is fully focused on the league. But at the same time, it would be absolutely massive. I think, like you said, I think I've never seen in my life us, for example, I've never been to the stadium and, and witness the Spurs players lifting a trophy on the bus and going down the high road and doing all of that. I've never I've never witnessed any of that. I've never I've seen pictures and usually they're in black and white. It's, that's that's how long it's been. And honestly I honestly every time I think about it and I I talk to my girlfriend about, about these things and I tell her if Spurs win a trophy the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to fly to London and I'm going to park two, three days straight down the high road. I think you'll have to pick me up from there at like 4, four or 5 a.m. in the morning from, from, from the Tottenham high road because I'll be partying all night if we win a trophy. It's, it's, it's something that all Spurs fans want. And I think you, when we saw West Ham win the Conference League, I think a bit of me was like, uh, we should we should have given the competition more seriously because it changes the club, it changes the atmosphere, the perspective. The young kids fall in love with. My first season, we won a trophy in two thousand and eight. That was my first season supporting players, and you know I thought, you know, wow, we could really get, I could really get used to this. And my dad's like, don't because that rarely happens. But but my dad remembers the FA Cup. 
he was tells me about Gascoigne and the free kick and and all of that. He remembers Ricky Villa and 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 and, uh, and all and all of them. And, and he speaks to me about them. And he speaks about them in a way where it's magic. The competition is magic, and it's lost a bit of that with the fans. If we win it, I think the more the more the younger generation start start to to be more excited about it because I think nowadays the youth are more excited about the Champions League playing against PSG and AC Milan and 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 then the Spanish teams Barcelona Real Madrid the the young the youth are more excited about that but I still get excited about the FA Cup I think the magic of the FA Cup is obviously seeing small clubs even progress as well I remember when when we came in the semi-final against Portsmouth and I was thinking, yes, this is a lucky draw for us. We're going to get to the final. It's going to be great. And, and we could potentially win it. And then Dawson slipped and, and, and it was like, ah, oh, what are you going to do? But then, but then the previous, the previous games, Gareth Bale all of a sudden exploded. And then we forgot about those, the, the probably Chris was still steaming about the, the Portsmouth defeat. And I was happy that, Spurs beat Chelsea and Arsenal within the same week, and Gareth Bale put you know his his name on the map. But there's moments in time where 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 you think about these moments. So if if we beat Burnley and we get a lucky draw, or we keep going. The FA Cup could be the the start that of something special under Postecoglou and. In, in, in the final, even Jurgen Klopp lost the final in his first season, but he got the fans and, and the players believing in him. And I think the fans already believe in him. The players already believe in Postokoglu. So maybe getting to a final or, or potentially winning it would would be huge for the club. Melvin, your score prediction for Friday? Um, 4-1, Spurs. Andy, what were you doing the last time Spurs won the FA Cup? Oh, not only one. I I was actually working on a um, a comedy drama called Gone to Dogs. We had um, the chili bee uh, on set well, uh, in the green room, and I just uh, screamed the studio down with sheer unbridled joy. Um, and of course, action froze. It was what's going, on? you know, like, uh, which was great. Um, uh, yes, that I mean, uh, because I, I've been to 81, 82, 87, good final, despite us losing. Um, I've just got to agree with you. It's so depressing to hear you all say about the FA Cup, how you know it means something to you and the fans and um because it sort of saddens me that the fa cup now is it's almost been kicked into touch due to the uh, european football um uh, again I, I i'm sorry i'll get these nostalgia attacks but um when i were a boy um it, honestly the fa cup the country stopped for it. Yeah. Everyone watched it. Even if your team wasn't in it, you, you sort of picked a team. Uh, but, it, it, yeah, the whole nation stopped. 
And when we were in the final, shops celebrated, bunting everywhere. And uh, you had it right there, Craig. And I was you, you, the joy of it all, the, the, the whole build up. The, uh, and if you were to win it, as you, the celebrations would be brilliant down top of my road, uh, getting shoved about, waiting for your heroes to um, parade the cup on, on top of a, an open bus. Um, yeah, I mean, like I say, I, I'm really pleased that you're all kind of tied into it because um, we once had a strong affiliation. And as um, Melvin alluded to, look, sometimes it only takes one trophy, one trophy to where you go on a run. We did it in the 60s, we did it in the 70s, we did it in the 80s. I don't want to get carried away or ahead of myself, but um, we're Christian Gross in the nineties. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, he's uh, uh, yeah, well, he's travel card as well. We put that up uh, on offer, uh, but um, yeah, perhaps you know, it, it, maybe it takes one trophy and we could just have a little mini run. I mean, maybe that's asking too much, but um, uh, how are we going to do? Look. I'll boldly say we'll beat them 2-0. Two, 2-0. Two nil. Two nil. I'm going to go for 2-1. Um, but as I always say, any win is a win, you know, just to get through to the fourth round. And uh, and Postacoglu has spoken so highly about this trophy. And it's interesting, Andy, about um, your comments there about it used to be, you know, everyone used to stop yeah. what they were doing. Everyone used to watch the FA Cup. Um, and Foster Coglu is very much used to watching it in Australia. So um, hopefully he will take this competition seriously. And I think that he has probably realised how important this trophy or trophies, you know, cup competitions mean to the Spurs fans. So it will be a very, very uh, in interesting time to see that lineup when it comes out at 7pm on Friday evening. As I mentioned, we're going to take a couple of questions now from the viewers. Craig, let's start with you. Um, Tony on X says here, um, what's Ange had to say about our poor discipline since Chelsea, uh, which has cost us points. What have you made of uh, the discipline um, this season? Of course, Romero has been sent off. Uh, Basuma's had a couple of red cards as well. Um, there's been a number of yellow cards flying about. I've got to admit, personally for me, I like the, the aggressive side of us this season. However, I, I do think that if we just toned it down a tad, then it could be different because, of course, you don't want players being suspended. It's, it's cost us hugely the likes of Romero being out for some matches. 100%. Um, I love that aggression. You see exactly what you say there. I absolutely love that aggression. And to lose that, I think we would lose something from the style of play. I think some of the some of the bookings and sending offs comes from the style of play. And it, it's almost unavoidable to a degree but um, like Bissouma's yellow, the stupid yellow where he dived, I, I, I just think that was a ridiculous one. So there's some, there's some you can kind of see. Some are, um, what's the word um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for? Where you might look at it, some might say it's a red card, some might say it's not. Um, so like the Romero one against Chelsea, I personally think that was a red card. Other people say he, he won the ball, he caught the man afterwards, but it was high. You just want, you know, I'm getting this whole VAR debate here, but you just want consistency across the ball because the tackle on Kulosevsky the other week 
should have been a red card to, to the Brighton player. So it swings around about a certain degree. But getting back to our discipline, some are avoidable. Um, Ange doesn't seem too bothered about it. Um, but as you say, it could cost us and has cost us in games. So I just think it's something that they, I think you're right in what you said, really, that they just, just needs to tone it down a bit, you know, um, not be too nice, but just tone it down a bit, especially, I mean, you you know, thing is with Romero, you know, he, he's going to be out for five, six games a year minimum yeah. anyway. You just don't want any more than that. That's what I'm getting at. So you don't want to lose that edge from his game. Um, you don't want to lose the edge from Bissouma's game. But we can't afford to be without these players. You know, it's, it's just not on. So, yeah, I agree with what you said there, Chris. Tone it down a tad. And I think we'd still have that aggressive uh, nature. But I do think a lot of it comes from the way we set up and play and the way Ange wants them to play. You know what? I, I think uh, from my perspective of watching Spurs home and away this season, two players that I've really noticed a big difference in terms of aggression and the way that they play now and getting more stuck in is Hunmin Son. I don't know whether it's the captain's armband, but he's certainly, certainly getting stuck in. And uh, Dian Kulosevsky, who of course, picked up his fifth yellow card against Brighton, hence being suspended for the Bournemouth game. But big difference is there. Melvin, we've got a question actually for you. Um, Beast of TH says here, can you ask Melvin if we'll win the Europa League within the next five years? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Um, any trophy I will take if we win the Europa League. Obviously, we drop down from the Champions League because we qualify for the Champions League. But if we win the Europa League, I'll take it. Any trophy I will take. Just look at, like I said before, what happened when West Ham won the Conference League. So, yeah, I, I, I would take it. Andy, I've no idea what this means, but Neil Davis writes here, were you a naughty boy? Uh, yeah, I think I know where that comes from, uh, Nigel. Um, I did an episode of uh, Not Going Out, uh, the, league, um, the League Max show with Tim Vine. Um, and yes, that's right. The, uh, one of the lines was, uh, I play a complete nut-nut neighbour to uh, Lee. And uh, yes, it's. Uh, um, I'm not sure I'm allowed to say it on the podcast, but uh, yes, uh, uh, I pl I'm playing my uh, uh, record player too loud, so he knocks on the door to complain, and I say, Yes, am I a naughty boy? Uh, do I deserve a naughty, 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 spanky bum bum? So that was a line, you know. So You've obviously remembered that then, haven't you? Uh, and I guess he's played that a few times. It was a great show to do. Um, and Lee's doing a show in the West End at the minute. So anyone out there is a Lee Mac fan, go and see it. I can't remember what it's called now. But, um, yes, it was, uh, anyway, not going out. The, uh, the deranged neighbour. Right, Thank you, Andy. I'm glad that wasn't an awkward question, put it that way. Um, <laughs> Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on the uh, on the channel this evening, and you're back with us in a couple of weeks' time, so I'm really looking forward to that already. Um, what, you, really what are you up to at the moment? Um, what, what have you got coming up, and where can people find you? Well, I, I'm not at the moment. I, I, I am in the uh, summer uh, or late um, spring. I will be doing my own show, which is much as I love football, and I'm completely mad about Tottenham Hotspur uh, to the point of it being unhealthy. 
I'm also a big horse racing fan, and I have my own uh, my own one man show about um, the fluctuating fortunes of a horse racing tipster. It's called Baxter versus the Bookies. It will be out on social media, Instagram, and all that. Um, the uh, yeah, on the internet, it'll be. Uh, I did it in Edinburgh um, a couple a couple of years back. Uh, which it went very well, great reviews. And the reason I, yeah, I will be working this year because health issues. So uh, I haven't worked for about four or five months. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, I'm now almost match fit and will be getting the, uh, it's called Baxter versus the Bookies by Andy Linden. Uh, fluctuating fortunes of a horse racing tipster. Go figure. Well, do check that out, everyone. And uh, best wishes to you, Andy. And as I say, look forward to having you back no. on the show in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, Craig. Um, Brilliant. Craig, thanks so much for joining me. I tell you what, we all said this is going to be a short podcast. We're nearly at an hour and 40. <laughs> Where can yeah, people find yeah, you and what are you up to? Yeah, I'm on I'm on X at DMN9. I think I'm on Instagram. I am on Instagram. I don't know what my, my name is. <laughs> at Craig Dearman, I think. Oh, at Craig Dearman 9, I think I am. Um, but yeah, um, just uh, planning, you know, getting ready to go to the uh, Burnley game on Friday. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see a win to that. So sit, sitting right next to the Burnley fans, I think. So uh, just behind the North Stand goal. Uh, so that'll be uh, that'll be fun, hopefully. Um, so yeah, uh, always a pleasure coming on. Um, I've been trying to keep an eye on the darts. I think Luke Little was in the league last time I saw. So. Uh, I'll be so going to so, I, th I think Lou Littler was in the lead. I think okay. I don't know. Some somebody might be able to update us quickly in the comments, but I'm gonna be going to watch it well, as soon as if, this is over. So if you hurry up and tell us where we can find you, we can go and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sub that. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, Chris. Been good as always. Well, Craig's Moan of the Week will be back in the next edition when Craig's on. Um, we haven't got time to do that this evening. Um, but if you do see Craig at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Friday, do go and say hello to him. And Melvin, great to have you back. Where can people find you? What are you up to at the moment? Yeah, not much. Uh, trying to relax, uh, taking it easy. And uh, yeah, you can find me on X at Melvin Malta. Um, yeah, I'm nearing nearing 800 followers. Probably just 1% of the followers you have, Chris. But yeah, I have a little, a little bit of... Um, it's like your crumbs. <laughs> Every time you tag me on one of your posts, people see it. And then my my following increases by like one one or two persons. So, yeah, um, looking forward to the next few matches. Um, I'll probably see you in, in Manchester for the for the away game and excited to see Spurs play live again and, and to see you and, and, and the Spurs fans. And uh, and yeah, hopefully we keep the winning streak going in the FA Cup and in, in the Premier League. And hopefully we'll be talking about many, many victories, you know, in, in, in the future. Absolutely. Well said. And uh, for everyone listening and uh, watching this stream, please do go and uh, visit Melvin's X page and uh, hit that follow button. Um, Andy, Craig, Melvin, thanks so much for your time this evening. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. And the Spurs Chat podcast will be back straight after the Spurs v Burnley game on Friday evening at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, where hopefully we have got a win to our name and hopefully we will be in that hat for the fourth round. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And until the next time, come on, you Spurs.
paydays are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.